haven't seen you guys in a while. Do I look any older today? Oh, no, no, I wouldn't say so. Do you think so, John? No. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the movies. Say hello to my little friend! The philosophy. Carpe diem. Seize the day. And the camaraderie. I feel the need. The need for speed. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. This is your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And we have a special, special podcast today. Exclusive interview with Molly Ringwald. And I'm joined here by the St. Petersburg Times performing arts critic, John Fleming. Hi, Steve. Looking forward to this phone call today, John. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Molly Ringwald actually has a a pretty respectable theater uh, resume. Been on couple of musicals, Cabaret, and now uh, Sweet Charity. So it's going to be interesting to talk to her. That's right. Molly Ringwald is starring in Sweet Charity, which is a um, Broadway play that is touring the nation, and it's coming to Florida here in Clearwater, I think in early January, January 2nd through 7th at Ruth Eckert Hall. And if you want more information about the play, you can always go to sweetcharityontour.com. But uh, Molly was nice enough to give us a few minutes today. So without further ado, let's hear what she has to say. Hey, Molly, this is Steve Spears. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. Hi, Molly. This is John Fleming. I'm the uh, theater critic here. Good to be talking to you today. Where, Where are we calling you from? Where are you? I am in, um, um, oh God, I just woke up in the morning. <laughs> you sort of lose track of where you are. Um, I am in Costa Mesa. Well, we're looking forward to, uh, to uh, seeing you when you get to Clearwater in January. How does the uh, touring life agree with you? Is this the first um, big length tour you've been on? This is the first tour that I've done, period. Yeah, so how do you like the life on the road? <laughs> it's um, it's fun. I mean, it's fun going to a lot of different places, but um, because we're only in each place, you know, usually a week, the longest, I think, is um, three weeks. It, there's, you know, there's a lot of turnaround, so, so um, that happens quite a lot where all of a sudden I can't remember where I am. So you've got, like, an opening night every week? Pretty much, yeah. So does that? How does that, um, you know, sort of um, energize the cast? I mean, unlike being in a permanent location for a long run, you've you've really got a new audience uh, once a week. Well, it really does help to energize the cast. I think it's one of those it's one of those things that really kind of keeps you on your toes. Usually, in a long production, you know, people really become very relaxed after the opening night, and so this way, I think it, it's good for sort of keeping everybody, you know, together and focused, and you know, and it's fun. Do you do all eight shows? We do eight. Yeah, you know, me. Yeah, yeah, I do all eight shows. Uh-huh. So, so that can be an incredible grind sometimes. I mean, do you do like five on a weekend? 
Um, yeah, starting on on Friday, there's the Friday show, and then there's two on Saturday and two on Sunday. So how do you how do you get through that? I mean, I should think, that especially with this part, a, a big dance part, that can be a real, that can be a big weekend. Yeah, I think it's just um, it's sheer will. <laughs> I think when it gets to the weekend, I just think you know, just you know, just just pace yourself. You know, I. I, I think, um, unlike the, the rest of the company, I think also because I have a three-year-old daughter, too, there's not a lot of going out and, you know, and carousing. I'm pretty much, you know, I do the show, and then I come back and spend time with my daughter, and, you know, and, and it also helps just to kind of recharge, you know. Yeah, what's your daughter's name? Matilda. Does she, uh, how does she like being, uh, living out of a suitcase? <laughs> well, she loves it. She doesn't have to do any of the packing. <laughs> She um, she's just fine. I mean, for her, it's just you know, it's one hotel to the next. She loves airplanes. Um, you know, she goes to mommy's office. That's what she calls my dressing room, and listens to me sing. And you know, and of course, everybody treats her like a, a little princess. So you know, she's having a great time. You know, you've really had some um, some choice musical theater parts in the last couple of years, Sally Bowles and Charity. And I'd be I'd be curious how they compare. I mean, what are the sort of acting? dancing, singing demands of the two? Well, I think that, um, I think that, that they're very different. I mean, even though that they, you know, Fosse had his hand in both of them, I think, um, you know, Sally Bowles is, is really quite cunning and, and knowing, and, um, and she really sort of has a hand in her own self-destruction, as opposed to Charity, who is just completely wide-eyed. She's a real innocent I mean, so you so you really kind of get these two completely opposite characters. Um, you know, in a way, it was kind of easier for me to play Sally Bowles. <laughs> I don't know if that means because I'm more cunning, but uh, but she, you know, it was easy to play somebody who was kind of you know using her wiles, and you know, it's it's harder to play somebody who is just a complete innocent. Yeah, I can see that. What about the? I mean. Charity is a famous dance role. I mean, a lot of, uh, from Gwen Verdon to Anne Ranking to Sid Charisse have all played that part. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the dancing, I would expect, uh, would be a big step for you. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely probably the most challenging part of it. I mean, I'm not really a trained dancer, certainly not, not like those ladies. So my focus has always been much more on, you know, singing and acting. But I do dance. I mean, you have to if you're playing charity. Yeah. What are the, what are charity's big numbers? Is Rich Man's Frug is in this show, right? Yeah, charity's not in that in that number. It's a fantastic number. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I enjoy watching it, but I'm not in that one. I'm I'm in. Um, if they could see me now, I dance in that, and I dance in something better. I dance in brass band. Now, Molly, you had a, a career on stage before you started that string of uh, 80s films that we all love so much. Tell us how you got started uh, with your first stage production back when you were still uh, really young. Um, well, I was a singer originally with my father's jazz band, and somebody had suggested at the time that I, I auditioned for Annie. Um, it was, I mean, I, I was listening to the album, you know, of course, the Broadway production and loving it. And and then they were casting the West Coast productions. So somebody had suggested that I try out for it. And I did, and I got a part in it. And so that's sort of how that started. Although I had been doing sort of local community theater at the same time. 
Incidentally, have you seen that uh, new documentary that Julie Stevens did about all the girls in Annie? No, I have not. I, I gave permission for them to use a picture that I was in, but I haven't seen it yet. It's a good. It's a good movie. I heard. I heard. Yeah. Now, how did the transition happen from when you were young and starring on Annie to starring in uh, Hollywood films? Um, well, after I was in Annie, I got an agent, and and um, and then I auditioned for a television show, and I got a part in a television show, and then um, I think I just auditioned for, for a movie, and I got a part in that, and then kind of, you know, after that, sort of one thing led to another. You and John Hughes worked together a lot in the 80s, and you seem to always have a strong bond based on what I've heard on a lot of his DVD commentaries and articles I've read. But he's sort of like kind of in hibernation now. I'm just kind of wondering, why don't you go out and wake him up and the two of you can work on another joint project again? (laughs) I'd love to work with John Hughes again. Um, But, yeah, as far as I know, he's um, he's not really pursuing that right now. Do you ever get tired of people asking questions? I mean, everyone always... A few years ago, there was all the buzz about doing a sequel to 16 Candles. And um, mm-hmm. now I hear there's some buzz about a sequel to Pretty in Pink. Does, when those circle around, does, does that kind of bother you? Do you kind of think those works should stand on their own? Or, do you, or would you actually like to see a sequel made out of some of those uh, landmark movies? Well, I was sort of developing um, a sequel to 16 Candles, and I still think that that... that you know, might possibly happen, although I, I don't think I'd want it to happen without John's, you know, involvement in some way. Um, the sequel to Pretty Pink, I don't. I think that's just a rumor. You know, I often thought that Sixteen Candles would make a terrific stage musical. Is that does that make any sense to you? <laughs> um, I, I have heard that, but I mean, if any of them sort of make it on the stage, I, I, I think that. Um, for me, I think Breakfast Club is kind of more what I would see on stage because it's practically already a stage show as it is. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that one. <laughs> Just one location. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Um, you have a, a three-year-old daughter, Matilda. At what age do you think are, are you going to finally let her see some of these movies that you starred in in the 80s? Oh, yeah. I think she'll see them eventually. I mean, I'm, I'm not in any hurry to to show them to her, but I think that, you know, she'll probably just come to them naturally. I, I mean, think it, they, I seem think like a, they seem like a rite of passage for at, most kids. At what age will you let her see King Lear? <laughs> <laughs> King Lear. Um, yeah, she'll probably get that in a college course <laughs> somewhere where somebody's deconstructing Godard. <laughs> I got asked what it was like to work with Jean-Luc Godard. It, it was pretty amazing. It was, it was sort of one of you know the highlights as of yet it was it was such a, a insane kind of experience but I, mean, I really like him a lot i'm you know a big fan of his and i'm really glad that i that i had the chance to work with him i mean not only jean-luc godard but norman mailer for heaven's sakes mm-hmm. yeah my, well, my part wasn't with norman mailer my part was mostly with burgess meredith and julie delpy and lewis carax and peter sellers but it was it was certainly a, a, an interesting experience. You know, and I was thinking about that your your time in France. I was wondering what the French taste in musical theater is, if if there is any taste for musical theater among the French. Um, well, it's funny. They they don't really have the same um, experience or the same association with musical theater that we do. You know, they kind of like it in a campy way, I guess. You know, they like. They like Gene Kelly, and they like sort of like the old-fashioned musicals. 
and then they and then they have this sort of taste for these sort of like rock operas. I mean, I think but, Les Mis was actually not much of a hit in France, even though it's written by a couple of French guys. Yeah, yeah, they really don't like musicals in the same way. They, you know, as far as their theater goes, they're, they're really sort of more um, sort of classicists. How, how um, committed are you to musical theater at this point, after a couple of pretty heavy-duty experiences? Is this something you want to continue to do? I love doing musical theater, but... It, that doesn't really mean that I don't love doing other things, too. I mean, I don't think I'll be doing musical theater exclusively, but, you know, I think if a, if a good part comes along, it's pretty hard to resist. What are, the, what are the kind of parts you would like to do? After having done charity for a while, I, and I think by the time I'm all done with this tour, I think I'll be ready to do, like, some checkoff or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something very, very serious. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of wide open. I love, I love all the classics. Um, you know, I'd love to, to you know, try uh, Noel Coward. Um, and, and then I think I really like, I love doing original plays as well. I've also never done anything, um, any Sondheim, so I, I think I'd really love to do that. Oh, by the way, did you see uh, Christina Applegate in Charity, and did you take anything from that? I did see her in it. I mean, I saw her because I wanted to, um, I wanted to see the way that the whole production was, because I was, at that point, I was considering doing the tour. Um, so, you know, she, she's great. I mean, I, I think... Um, I think she's, she's, she did an amazing job. What advice would you give to younger stars today who are where you were 20, 25 years ago? I sort of make it a habit not to give advice to anyone. I think everybody sort of has to find their own way. Was there anyone who gave you advice when you were at that age? I'm, I'm sure they did. I don't know if I listened to them or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for better or for worse. But you've, really had, you've had an amazingly eclectic uh, resume at this point. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty unusual, I think. Yeah, I, I do. I sort of have been all over the place. I'm I'm a little bit of a of a dilettante. <laughs> how how important was this um, this French interlude for you? Well, I just always really loved France, and and it was a time in my life where I thought if I'm ever going to just pick up and and live in another country, um, you know, now's the time to do it. Did you live and in Did you live in Paris? I did. Yeah. And I loved it, and I really miss Paris, but I think I also really miss my family in America, too. Fantastic. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you here in Clearwater, Florida, when you play at Ruth Eckerd Hall. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Molly. Thank you very much. Wow, it was great talking to her, John. Yeah, that was a kind of a kick. Did uh, any of her answers surprise you? Well, I I was tickled by the uh, the talk about working with Jean Luc Godard. I must confess that an interesting episode in her life for sure. He made a very uh, over the top King Lear in 1987, which Molly was in. I didn't know that. So she was still in the middle of all her John Hughes movies then when she made that. I yeah, think. apparently she she made this pilgrimage to France and uh, and uh, somehow got hooked up with Jean Luc Godard. So she's an interesting lady. Do you think she's a she's an interesting choice to play the lead role in a touring production from Broadway, isn't she? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is not the person you would think of as uh, Charity. Charity is a big dance role, and I, I think it's Molly. Uh, conceded in our interview she's no dancer or at least not uh, a, a dancer along the lines of a Gwen Verdner and Anne Ranking women who have played this role before but I think it's 
it's clearly she's cast uh, in part because uh, she's an icon of the 80s, and hopefully that'll bring uh, theater goers who knew her from Sixteen Candles and the other movies into the into the theater. Do you have a favorite movie that she appeared in? Well, I must confess the only one I've seen is Sixteen Candles, but I loved that show. I remember seeing it at kind of a low time in my life, and it was like a tremendous pickup. So I'm very fond of that movie. That was the first, really, of what would become John Hughes's epic 80s film. So he followed that with Breakfast Club, which a lot of people thought was his best movie and one of her best movies. She's also in Pretty in Pink, obviously, well, probably one of her most uh, signature roles, and I think a lot of people associate her with that these days. She sort of, in the late 80s, after uh, Pretty in Pink, we didn't see much of her anymore. And I guess that coincides with about the same time you say she made her pilgrimage to France. Yeah, but she's done a lot of interesting theater. I mean, uh, she was in Cabaret on Broadway playing Sally Bowles, um, which I would have lo- – I didn't see her in that production, but that was a great production. It would have been interesting to so see Another her 80s icon appears in that at one point, uh, Doogie Howser. That's right, yeah. Yeah, he plays – and what role does he play? Because I, I mean, it was one of the kinkier roles, isn't it? Is, I've never seen Cabaret, so I'm just guessing that that's a – Well, I would expect he probably played the MC, which is the kinkiest of the kinky roles. <laughs> <laughs> She's also played – I also she was in a London production of When Harry Met Sally. I've been trying to figure out how that would work on stage. I'm yeah. I'm not sure. It never – did that not play here in the States? I don't think it did. That's a shame. You'd think that, that uh, a, a play about – Something that actually happened in the U.S. and it was filmed in the U.S. by a famous f- U.S. filmmaker would at least try to make a round here. Yeah, I'm puzzled by that because I just I, I'm not familiar with the play. And I was tr- when I was sort of preparing to talk to Molly, I was trying to I was looking at her resume and I saw that, and I'm not sure how well that would actually work on stage. I, mean, I think it's a good movie, but sometimes um, you know it might have made a better musical than than a straight play. That was that was my thinking when I was just kind of thinking about it. So the movie, the, the stage production, Sweet Charity, is about 12, 40 years old now. Right, from do, about 1967, I think. Do we know, have they contemporized it at all for this particular run? Well, it, my hunch is I've not seen the production. It, uh, Christina Applegate was in the, the Broadway uh, production, which had kind of a short run on Broadway. It wasn't terribly successful. Among other, other things, she broke, broke her ankle Yikes. during the uh, production, which caused some problems, although she heroically continued. Um, my hunch is it'll be bright, kind of cartoony, um, very high tempo. You know, it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a very fast-paced production, is my hunch. The Fosse choreographer, they're obviously trying to capitalize a little bit on the craze for Fosse. I mean, Fosse also choreographed Chicago, which just celebrated its 10th anniversary oh, on right, Broadway. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of Fosse choreography in the air, and I think Sweet Charity is sort of an early Fosse production. So it's kind of an effort to kind of jump on the Fosse bandwagon. Now, I know not a lot of 80s fans may not be familiar with the term Sweet Charity. I mean, it caught me off guard the first time I heard it. But some of the tunes from this play are, are quite recognizable, right? Well, hey, Big Spender. I don't pop my cork for every guy I see. That's from this one? Yeah. Fantastic. This one and uh, 
If you could see me now. If you can see me now. Yeah. Didn't I get uh, pimped into the uh, corporate uh, song for Carnival Cruise Lines at one point? Uh, yeah, I think you're right on that So one. there you go. The, one of the really great dance numbers, I think I mentioned it in the interview, is Rich Man's Frug. It's a terrific um, big company number that, that, uh, that never fails to bring down the house. Wow. Are you going to get a chance to review it before? Do they, do they make a special performance for the critics before it goes? Or do you no, see it on opening night? No, we see, we see it on opening night. And um, if we have time, we review it that night, which can be uh, a very hair-raising experience. Or if, it's, if it, the show is longer, uh, the review will run the day following. But in New York, they have critics' nights. But uh, out in the road, um, we go opening night just like everybody else and have to scramble and get the review in the next day. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I look forward to reading your review of it in the St. Petersburg Times, and everyone can also read his reviews on TampaBay.com. John Fleming, thank you for joining us on Stuck in the 80s. Thanks, Steve. Hey, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Until then, we remain here, helplessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Email us at stuckinthe80s at TampaBay.com and remember to subscribe to the show at iTunes. You're starting to sound like Chris Farley on Saturday night. Ugh, I know. It's tough. You remember when you were famous? And that, <laughs> it was, was, that was great. <laughs> it's tough to do this. Oh, yeah. I never. I, Rick Springfield was so much easier. Yeah, of course, he was sitting right sitting there. Right here in front of you, too.